This is Logan DeWitt. This is Anna Spitters. This is Tyler Bush. This is Andrea Sprick, and you're listening to Holland Christian Medium Talk. Really, when I heard the gospel, man, it was just like, he wasn't just a drill sergeant who was just kind of monitoring your goodness. And the way he describes himself in scripture, bread, living water, the light, that's a bit more than just moralism. That's satisfaction, that's sustenance, that's life, and I wanted that. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us for a fun conversation today with my friend and colleague, Devin Scott. Yo. (laughs) And and of course, Cam. Cam, I need a new nickname for you. Killer Cam. Killer Cam. Killer Cam. Killer Cam. Not not literally. You know, speaking of literally. (laughs) Give it to us. Brian has a joke. Yeah. I heard this from a student the other day. What's the difference between a literalist and a kleptomaniac. Wait for it. A literalist takes things literally, and a kleptomaniac takes things literally. Prudence. <laughs> that is probably the best joke that I've heard is, all the time. Yeah, the best thing that's happened to me all day. Oof. Which probably has been a bad day. My day. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what a kleptomaniac was. So that's okay. I didn't think the joke was funny. <laughs> but I do now. Now you get it. Go back and laugh. <laughs> Hey, Cam, how about you give Mr. Scott some rapid-fire small talk questions just to get it out of our system? What you got? Ready? Favorite movie. Favorite movie? Oh, my goodness. You know what? I'm going to have to go with, uh, I'm so sorry, but Avengers Infinity War. Mm. That became my new Mm -hmm. favorite movie. I'm not a huge fan of Endgame. Yeah. Particularly because of the end. Same. same. I'm not going to give it away for people who haven't seen it, but if you haven't seen it, get from under your rock and go and watch it. I've seen Endgame and not Infinity War. Oh, it's good, man. So, that's confusing. It's, it's, it was a little confusing. Oh, that's the yeah. beauty of it. Come on, yeah, rap. This yeah, is yeah, rap. Okay, favorite book. Okay. Favorite book, Desiring God by John Piper. Favorite song. Favorite or song. Oh, my goodness. Favorite song. Jeez. Or artist. Something with music. What's your favorite music? My favorite artist is currently is probably KB. Christian Ooh. rapper. KB. Oh, yeah. That's my guy. I love KB. Okay. Uh, favorite food? Chicken wings. Uh, favorite sport? Basketball. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's get controversial. Uh-oh, I know what you're going to ask. LeBron James or Michael, Michael Jeffrey <laughs> Jordan. It's <laughs> not even close. we got to turn down your volume. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even close. I've had multiple conversations with multiple of my good students, and they're all good people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, They I just love, happen to be wrong about this. Happen, I love Ethan Gebbin. He's such a, he's such a good guy. But he's wrong. <laughs> Man. Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Have we taken into account the ways basketball have changed and the era he played in yeah, was against yeah, some sure lower quality athletes? Yeah. yeah. I take that into account. Yeah. I can't speak for every Jordan fan or I can't even speak. Well, my favorite player is Kobe all time. Okay. Kobe's my guy. Yeah. But in terms of like the upper echelon of like the great NBA players, I got LeBron at number two, but Jordan's definitely the GOAT. So mm. I disagree yeah. with you, but I'm a little intimidated by your passion. And so I'm just going to stop. Well, disagreeing makes you wrong in this situation. Oh, dang. Yeah, sorry. He, he, he had a he had a co-host. I mean, t- Tony Kukoc, Scottie Pippen. Tony I mean, he was the guy. LeBron, yeah. he, I mean, yeah. who does he even play yeah. with? I, I don't even know. But that's I'm because so. I don't know. Uh, who was that guy that got the rebound in the finals and should have scored? J.R. Smith. J- LeBron plays that J.R. Smith. He he's got Lonzo. Yeah. Oh, I guess he doesn't even have Lonzo anymore. Have Lonzo. Anthony Davis. Yeah, yep. He's got Boogie AD. Cousins. In case yep. the majority of our listeners aren't sports fans, let's change the conversation so they don't turn off the I podcast. Like I like that, especially with my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> 
So talk to us, Mr. Scott. This is your second mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. teaching Bible at Holland Christian. Yeah. Give us yeah. a little bit. I know you shared in mm-hmm. staff devotions not too long ago, but you've got a cool story. You right. are a graduate from HC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2000... Nine. 2009. 2009. Ten years ago. Yeah. That's nuts. Uh, tell us a little bit of your story before that, how you, because mm-hmm. you, you, I, I don't think mm-hmm. you didn't start um, high school at Holland no. Christian, right? No. Give us a little bit of the backstory. Yeah. So um, I feel like whenever I share this story, like there's more things. I think this is just, you know, kind of a testament to like God's grace, because I feel like when I share it, there's more things that I think of that's like, oh, that did happen as well. Um, and even as I get older, there's more pieces that kind of get added to the puzzle. But um, basically, I'll start um, all the way back to the glorious day, November 4th, 1990, uh, Mrs. Scott was born. Um, (laughs) And uh, anyways, um, yeah, so basically I grew up in a single parent household. um, And that's largely due to the fact that my father is actually from Haiti. So my father was born um, in Haiti. I got a whole side of his family's from Haiti. My mother's from Mississippi. And the way that they met is actually kind of crazy. So like, my dad came to the States for work for his dad. Hmm. Um, and then my mom, she actually moved to Michigan when she was 13 because her grandfather, if you know your history, there was like this great migration of African-Americans from the South up North. Um, and so my mom was a part of like, I guess that great migration. So her father basically moved his family, including her, away from there because the racial hostility was just so you know prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they met in Michigan. And obviously they obeyed God's command to be fruitful and multiply and had me. And my father was, (laughs) he was um, actually sent back over to Haiti when I was like, man, like six, eight months. Like I I was not that old. Like that's why I don't really remember him at all growing up. Um, And so that's why I became like a part of this single, you know, family. I had brothers and sisters, but it was just a single parent because he was arrested for, you know, getting in trouble with the law. Mm -hmm. Um, and so my whole entire life was just no father, single parent household. Um, you know, I got a big family. It's five of us, you know, going nuts, doing crazy mm-hmm. stuff. But as I reflect back, there was just a lot of like God just like kept bringing people in my life. So even though I wasn't raised in a Christian home, I had opportunities to hear the gospel. Yeah, Like I was involved in like the Cub Scouts, the Boy Scouts, because I don't know, my friend who was my neighbor, like he knew this church. And so we would go to this church, they would pick us up and we would go to Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts. And I wasn't trying to hear anything about God whatsoever. I'm just going because they got food. They had the best VBS prizes. I mean, this was back in the golden days of Vacation Bible School. Mm -hmm. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but VBS just seems to be like this like passing fad. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but man, back in the day, it was like these huge super soakers. Like, like it was just like yo-yos were kind of the big thing, Pokemon cards. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, that's where it's at. Like, yeah. you know, I'm all about that. So um, Can't be missed out, man. Yeah, you missed the gold name. I went to VBS for like a year or two. We would have a carnival at the end of the oh, summer. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, not No anymore. super soakers. No super soakers? I don't think so. Do you know what a super no soaker is? Cards. Is that... Just like a water gun. Okay. It was the water gun. The water gun. Killer cam. Like this was like the <laughs> water gun of all like and I never got one. I never got to win it. So I was pretty frustrated. I wanted to take it, but I didn't. Um I was moral, but I wasn't Christian. Um mm-hmm. and I think that that's actually a good way to describe me. Like I was I was a moral kid. Like yeah. um even though I didn't really have a Christian household, I was pretty moral. 
Um, I knew what was right. I knew what was wrong. But there wasn't really like a love for what's right and for what's wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, There wasn't really a desire to follow Christ. Actually, to be honest, I heard the gospel enough to where like I didn't really want to do anything with Christianity. Like I just I thought Mm -hmm. Christianity was all about moralism. Like, hey, like if you want to be a follower of Christ, just be moral. Mm -hmm. I didn't really understand that it was just... It's a relationship by which God raises you to life. When you're dead in your Ugh. sins, he raises you to life. I didn't like I didn't get that. Amen. Um, and so, uh, you know, long story short, I ended up, um, I was a sophomore in high school. And to this day, I, I cannot answer why, but I'm a sophomore in high school. And I literally could have been skipping class, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like I actually did that quite often. And now I'm a teacher. That's just <laughs> God's grace. But I literally moral skipped kid, class. Huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> back to the moral. <laughs> I was moral, but I skipped class. Um, well, yeah, I skipped class. And so I could have been skipping class. I'm not sure where I was, but I was, you know, um, in the hallways. And like the thought came to my head, how do you become saved? Mm. And I honestly don't know where it was. I don't know if I was reading a book or had a conversation. Um, there was this family, excuse me, there was this family who would come from an hour away in Zealand. And they would hold like a um, vacation Bible school for the neighborhood uh, mm. in Battle Creek, where I was living at the time. And um, I'm like, okay, maybe they were the ones who kind of sparked a question or I, you know, to this day, I really can't. You know, Jesus says the wind blows where it wishes, so it is with the spirit. And I think that's kind of what was, you know, seen in my life. And so I asked, how do you become saved? I couldn't like bury the question. And so I went to the most reliable source that I could find. And the most reliable source was Google. Course, so I yes. went straight to Google because go? I'm like, okay, like who, like I need to know. And Google has all the answers. Definitely. So I Googled it. I Googled the gospel. Um, and I just typed in, like, I don't know, like, how do you become saved? And I printed off the sheet, walked to our apartments, and I read what was on the paper. And I just remember, like, just being so hit with the gravity of my sin. Mm. I knew that I was, like, imperfect. But that moment, it was like the Holy Spirit pressed upon me, like, the gravity and the weight of being someone who has fallen short of God's glory. Um, and then, honestly, I just read what was on the paper, realized that, man, I deserve the wrath of God. And it's not something that I can even debate with him about. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, how dare it was like, no, the spotlight was on my sin. Um, but in that, there was beauty. You know, like, I saw the cross. I saw, you know, Jesus stepping in in my place to die for my sins. And I wanted that. And so, you know, I put my faith in Jesus I got on my back and I lifted my hand towards heaven. This like this sounds like I'm hmm. making it up, but I'm not. I literally got on my back and lifted my hand towards heaven and was like, Jesus, please come and change me. Like, I want to be saved. Please forgive me of my sins. I want to change. And this hmm. is at 16 years old. I'm, hmm. like, I'm a 16-year-old, like barely 16. Like, this is in the fall um, and my birthday is in November. So, like, it was just such a, you know, transforming thing. And, you know, not everybody has, like, that, like, quick you know, um, conversion story. And I definitely appreciate that. And, uh, but for me, it, it really was kind of like an overnight thing. Like I immediately had a hunger for the Bible, started reading it, um, you know, trying to memorize it. You know, I kind of traded away my, oh, I had to get rid of Eminem. Eminem was my guy. Uh, mm. Eminem was my guy, but I kind of listened to it after I became a Christian and was like, you know, I don't know if this is really going to be pleasing to God. So I'm going to have to get rid of songs about, you know, I don't know drugs and killing people <laughs> yeah so like i kind of you know so i got rid of that and just started getting into some more lecrae kb tri- well not kb at the time but triple e mm-hmm. um and then it was just like my whole entire life was just like 
it was like honestly seeing for the first time and just kind of having your eyes open and being blind for so long. And then you open your eyes and you're like, I see everything clearly now. Mm -hmm. And it was just, yeah, like I definitely take it for granted. That's that's awesome that you went from that. I feel like a lot of people upon like finding Christianity or like making Mm -hmm. the decision to dive into it, they Mm -hmm. don't go straight to the change me. They Mm -hmm. just do the like, forgive me. And I feel like there's a lot of difference between like, forgive me. Now I'm going to go do it again. And now I know like, oh, I can just ask for forgiveness. But you you said you kind of went to that, like, please change me. And that change of heart, like. That's where it's at. Wow. Like, I, I had no idea that you got a theologian with you, man. Like, oh, Killer Cam is a theologian. That, that, that is, like, straight up, like, that's, so that's repentance, right? Mm-hmm. Like, repentance mm-hmm. from the Greek word metanoia, meaning to change your mind. Like, it was just, like, my mind was changed about not only Christianity, mm-hmm. but Jesus himself. Like, the way I saw Jesus was so different. Like, I'm seeing Jesus as, like, this guy who just, like, you just want me to be good. And but there's really nothing you can offer me uh, that would appeal to me. And mm-hmm. then when I really when I heard the gospel, man, it was just like he wasn't just a drill sergeant who was just kind of monitoring your goodness. Uh, he's a savior. And the yeah. way he describes himself in scripture, it's all these physical, tangible things that his audience would have understood. So bread, living water, the lights. And I'm like. That's a bit more than just moralism, mm-hmm. right? That, that's, <laughs> that's satisfaction. Cool. That's sustenance. That's life. And I'm like, you know, that, that's what I need. So, yeah. yeah, I love what you said, man. Good stuff. Sure. Mm. Guys, this is already so fun. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. Uh, so talk to me. You're 16 years old. Where yeah. were you when you're laying down with your hands in the air? Is that your the, room? Were you in the sidewalk? I was in my room. You were there. Okay, so sweet. Like, so take us from there to <laughs> yeah. to where are you living at that point in your, in your life? So I'm in Battle Creek. Okay. And at this point, it's my mom, my sister, and my brother. Okay. I have two older brothers, uh, but they were they already had their own place. Um, so it's my mom, my sister, Rashonda. My mom's name is Juanita. Shout out to Juanita. Uh, my sister, Rashonda. Uh, my brother, Damo. Hi, Damo. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so it was just us. But I don't think anybody was there. If they did, they hurt me because I was... I mean, I was shouting, man. Like, I was, this wasn't some quiet. This was like, and I think in my mind, I was like, I want to make sure that God can hear me. And I want to make sure that God knows that I'm serious. You know, because mm-hmm. at that point, I didn't have like a robust understanding of like, no, he knows your heart. So I was like, okay, he has to know that I'm serious. I'm going to get on my back mm-hmm. and I'm just going to beg him. And uh and yeah, and so <laughs> exactly. So I'm on my back, like lifting my hands up. I wasn't thinking about like I'm gonna have a dope story or I'm gonna have a that wasn't it was just like I want God to know that I'm serious and I'm just gonna like demonstrate that with my body. Um I kinda need to bring some of that back to be honest, because hmm. like I'll have it when I'm praying in the morning and eventually it's God, I kinda uh, mm, sh- yeah. and I'm like, uh not the greatest posture, but I do that all the time too. I'll read <laughs> I'll read an old journal and I'll be like, man. I I feel like I was way cooler when I was yeah. 16 yeah. years older. Like more, there's yeah. like a genuine uh-huh. genuineness. Oh, yeah. oh, I agree. Uh, in that kind of that that beginnings of faith. That sometimes yeah. I think, you know, I don't yeah. want to grow up. Yeah. In this faith thing, I want to be. Yeah. A, I want to stay a child. Yeah. So. That excitement, and so yeah. So like after after that moment, um, I kind of lived that year uh, as a sophomore, as a believer, and it was just incredibly hard. Um, it was just like. My friends saw a change in me, and so they had questions. And I remember just even, like, sharing the gospel, at least the way that I understood it. 
um, at that time. And just people were just like hungry for it, man. Like mm. I'm at the, you know, lunch table and people are just crowding around. Like it was like scripted. It was just mm. insane. <laughs> and I think that eventually started just kind of that passion for like taking the scriptures and like, you know, trying to convey God's truth to people. Um, I even remember at times going to churches and just hearing things that I'm like, okay, the pastor is saying this, but like, you know, uh, I want to know where's the evidence in scripture. And so I'm going up to pastors, like asking them questions, like, help me understand this and little 16 year old me. And, um, and yeah, it just got hard to be a believer. Um, just like when you're by yourself, Mm. it's just, it's just hard. It's just hard being an individual Christian. And that's where I was. And eventually the fire faded out, the passion faded out, the excitement Mm -hmm. faded out, temptation started coming in. And the people that I referenced earlier who did a VBS, I would like call them and be like, okay, time out, time out. You mean to tell me that Jesus is God? But I thought he was the son of God. Yeah, 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 yeah. but he's God too. Wait a second, time out. So you mean to tell me, okay, what's this Trinity stuff? Like that stuff that I wasn't raised like knowing. And so... I'm like, where is that in scripture? Like, I want to make sure that I believe it if it's in the scriptures. And they say, you know what? Um, they're called the Van Dykes and they are just some incredible people. Mm-hmm. Daryl Lumber and the Van Dyke. Shout out to you guys. I love you. Um, and they said, why don't you go ahead and just come stay with us for a year and come to mm-hmm. Holland Christian? And I was like, oh, time out. What? Go to Holland Christian? Hmm. Let me pray about it. <laughs> I yeah. kind of did like the Christian scapegoat. Let me pray about it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And uh, I did, man. Like, I prayed about it. Uh, I walked around in my neighborhood and was like, all right, you know, like, I could stay here and, like, have an impact for the gospel, but run dry, or I can just go to Holland Christian and uh, and be encouraged and try to be strengthened as a believer. So, came my junior year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit about that. So, two years of high mm-hmm. school at Holland Christian. Mm-hmm. What was that like? What was happening in you yeah. in this new context? A lot. Like, I think back to my first year at Highland Christian, I really was not a fan of it. I got to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it was because there was just such a culture here of like, we know each other and we've been raised with each other. And it was really hard to like fit in. Mm. Like, and people were nice, but there wasn't, yeah, it's like, there's a difference between being nice and being inclusive. And I think yeah. that was what was the thing with me was like, people were really nice, but as far as like inclusive. And then on top of that, I think for me, I kind of came to Holland Christian thinking, okay, everybody here is a believer, which mm-hmm. nowadays is like, why did I even think that? But for me, the and I understand that there are people who don't claim Christianity and I respect that. And so to me, that's a whole different story. But there are people who are like, I am a Christian, like I sing in chapel um, and I follow Christ, but there wasn't even a desire to follow him in their everyday life. Like there yeah. wasn't just this, like, there wasn't really fruit. And I came across as judgmental and self-righteous, but part of me was like, okay, you're doing some of the same stuff, listening to some of the same things that I did when I wasn't a Christian. And God like drew me out of that. Mm-hmm. Like God showed me like just how fallen and sinful those things are, but you're indulging in it while, like, while claiming the name of Christ. It's kind of like when um, when Paul told uh, the Jewish nation in Romans, I think Romans 2, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Russ, but Romans 1, Romans 2, the name of God is blaspheming among you <laughs> because he's talking to them saying- Can't correct like, you, but that sounds good. Like, <laughs> like, God, like, that's like, you're God's people, but you're living this way. And <laughs> by living this way, like Israel was supposed to be a witness, like a living testimony to the nations. And when they failed, God called them out. So when I came here, I felt that because I was like, 
I'm not perfect. Uh, but there's a desire to pursue holiness. And it was like holiness was like a foreign concept. And so that was a huge, that almost made me not come back. Hmm. Because I'm like, I come here to be encouraged, to be away from the stuff that I was in. I come to Holland Christian, I'm seeing the same stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, I guess it doesn't matter where you go then because you're just going to see it. Yeah. That, that, I, go ahead, Cam. I feel like as a student, and I'm sure you guys kind of feel like this too, just as Christians in general, like we start out with that passion and then we have moments like in chapel mm-hmm. where we're singing mm-hmm. and we're like, hands up. Like mm-hmm. there's that fire and then we go through the day and it's kind of just like a habit. Like we pray at the end of school, we have a prayer bell and mm-hmm. like it's more just we do it because there is a prayer bell. So then we kind of sit there while the teacher prays. Mm-hmm. But we don't really like dive into it because yeah. it's just this thing that like it's in the schedule and we have chapel three times a week. But like, do we want to have chapel or do we want to just like sleep before our next class? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of aspects kind of become like yeah. habitual. And yeah. then, you know, you come here and you're like, I have that new fire diving yeah. into Christianity. And then yeah. there's these people that, claim they are Christians, it says it in the school mm-hmm. name, but then like, you know, they don't have that fire and yeah. rather yeah. that's because like they're choosing not to live into it or because they like they claim to have it but don't really like yeah. that's just have that's it. So right. Yeah. That's so perfect. For me it took a friend who was had very, very little exposure to Christianity or to the Bible who started asking me questions like, wait a minute, you believe, like, so for mm-hmm. example, in prayer, it was, dude, did you think that the stable is food in my body? And I was like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. you believe, like, you're talking to God? And it was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I yeah. guess I do. Like, yeah. but I'm just very casual, very, uh, or, or even with the, with this, with the story of Jesus, the life, death, and resurrection, or the incarnation. And she said, wait, like, you believe God became mm-hmm. a person? And all of a sudden mm-hmm. it was like, that's kind of weird. Isn't it? Like, that is kind of a yeah. weird thing. And yeah, I yeah. guess I do. Yeah. And I didn't recognize yeah. the the wonder of yeah. it because it, I had been so saturated yeah. in it. And I said something to my students the other day. I don't know. I don't know if I. I don't know if this is quite true, but I. I think it's at least helpful to to say. I would almost rather someone recognize the wonder and and just even the craziness of the gospel and reject it than accept it mm-hmm. and live their whole lives mm-hmm. unaware mm-hmm. of the wild story that, yeah. that this is. Yeah. And again, I don't know if I, but you, I think you get the idea yeah. that, man, well, like I, I want to yeah. recognize that. Yeah. Like, I, I think I'm tracking with you because like, even as I got, like, even in my early Christian years, I didn't realize just even how countercultural the gospel is mm-hmm. um, and how it challenges some of our cultural norms, cultural ideals. Like one in particular is this idea that if you kind of like say you believe, then you believe. So if you just say it, then, okay, then you're good. Good enough. Um, and yeah. then just looking at the gospel, it was like, no, like the gospel creates something new. Like there's something, like in my Bible class, we go over like, you know, in Romans and how Paul says the gospel is the power of God. And the Greek word for power is dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite from. So I'm like, oh, nice. when the gospel takes hold of you and you have a hold of it and it explodes, there's going to be a change. And if there's not that change, then maybe like Paul told the Corinthians, you know, re-examine if you have this gospel, test yourself to see if you're of the faith. And I think that's kind of a, a reality mm-hmm. thing right there. Um, yes. And, uh, but yeah, like the gospel challenges some of those cultural norms. And If you could go back to talk to your high school self or oh. a high schooler here, what advice or what would you tell them? Excellent question. That's a, oh my goodness, that, that's an excellent question. I, I would tell my high school self, self-righteousness is very deceptive. 
And don't confuse passion with self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. And I think I justify my self-righteousness by kind of clothing it with passion. Mm-hmm. I think I would have told myself to give grace uh, to people more. Um, I think I would have told myself that people are way too complex to just kind of like assume things about them when mm-hmm. you know them for a week. Um, people yeah. are just too complex for that. There's context that every single person and every single individual. And I think I would have just told myself to don't confuse passion with self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very dangerous thing to get into. Be patient with people, uh, give grace, speak truth when it needs to be spoken. Uh, but man, give grace when there needs to be give, you know, grace. And, um, you know, I would have told myself, you know, like you're not, you're not so high and mighty yourself. You're, yeah. you're a sinner saved by grace, man. So stay humble. Hmm. Awesome. I didn't realize real quick that I thought when I first was a believer that the gospel was just for evangelism. Like, okay, we got to get non-believers saved, like get the gospel out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me years before I realized I need the gospel every day too, though. Like, yeah, I'm a Christian, yeah. but like Paul wrote Romans, which is like probably the most extensive layout of the gospel. Mm. And that church was already full of believers. Yeah, But I was using that letter primarily for evangelism. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a second. He's, he's not writing to non-Christians no, here. He's, he's writing to believers, Jews and Gentiles. And I'm like, okay. So back to like your point, Cam, about like that fire dying out mm-hmm. and just kind of going through like the motions and whatnot. For me, what helped is just realizing that, okay, and I'm still trying to live this out. Um, man, I need the gospel every day. Yeah. Like, I need to hear Christ crucified every single day. Um, yes, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. I've been walking with the Lord for, I don't know, 12 plus years. But man, I still need to hear that same message. And it's just something that took me a little bit to realize, but I think that's all right because uh, mm-hmm. it's something I'm trying to live out every day, man. So you, uh, you made me think of a metaphor. If it's not good, then I go <laughs> somewhere else. We'll try it out if, if it's I, no good. If I came up, or if it is good, then I came up with it. But like <laughs> uh, sports or something, like, yeah, yeah. you know, you can be on the team. You could, especially at a small school like this, but if you don't like work hard and like, dive into it 100 percent. you know you're not gonna play it all and you're not gonna have fun that way i love it so does that make sense yeah I'm going we, we almost think Absolutely. of like what's the minimum requirement to be yeah. to be a participant Just in this say, christianity I love God, thing. gotta pray and Good. yet i mean imagine approaching your marriage that mm. way you know mm. like <laughs> what's the minimum i gotta do to stay in this like that's just not a yeah. healthy marriage uh, that would not work <laughs> and it's not i think you know especially part of this reformed family sometimes we think yeah. like to avoid any sort of like uh, earning your faith, or, or excuse me, earning your salvation, uh, we try to avoid that all at mm. all costs, and mm. so we we sometimes fail to think about pursuing mm. Jesus or mm. holiness or discipleship because mm. we don't want to sound like you're you got to do these things to earn. But it's it's really that's yeah. that's not the case, you know. It's yeah. it's life with Christ. Yeah, that's yeah. helpful. That's good, man. Would you say your experience with like just being a moral person, as you said, mm. and then realizing like how there's a big difference between being moral and being a Christian because mm. you really live differently. Mm. Would you say that a transformation, I guess, in that past life has helped you be able to understand others and spread the gospel more? Or oh, for given sure. You Especially in this context. Oh, huge, huge, because everybody wants happiness. Mm-hmm. And it didn't dawn on me that Christ, like there, like I have a quote on, one, uh, on my wall, and it says, like, there is nothing in the law of God that will rob you of happiness. And I love that because it says these commands that God gives to us, they're not to like take away your joy. In fact, they're to maximize your joy. Mm. So when I'm having conversations with people who may not follow Jesus or don't know Christ, uh, my goal is to say that 
through this gospel, man, you can be satisfied. Mm. If God takes away everything you have, but you have Christ, he's given you more than enough. And I think that's kind of the message that I want to convey is like, man, Jesus Christ, he's beautiful. The word beauty is something that I want to keep in my Christian vocabulary. God is beautiful. And by following him, there's a joy, there's a satisfaction. And the reason why I grieve over my sin is because I'm trying to replace him with things that won't satisfy. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, man, to answer your question, when I'm having these conversations, my goal is to say like, yeah, like, okay, like Christ wants you to follow these commands, but he does it because he wants you to be happy. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's that man, like, you know, the, the doctrine of God's holiness is great, but I think we need to get back to like a, doctrine of like God's beauty and just how glorious he is and you know how satisfying he is yeah. wow that's yeah yeah I think of John 10 10 I've come that you might have life and yeah. life to the full like yep. he's more invested in me coming to life and you coming to life than I am mm-hmm. wow yeah that's and good one of the biggest lessons I ever learned was that missions exist because worship doesn't at least worship of God for like the reason why missions exist is not that we want to just simply indoctrinate people with these Christian truths is we want people to worship and be satisfied in God. Mm-hmm. So therefore let's go out with the gospel. And then my, even my understanding of heaven, my understanding of heaven was just like, all right, we're going to float on these clouds, play these harps and there's the <laughs> streets of gold. And again, it took me just reading the scriptures to realize Heaven is heaven because God is there and we get to enjoy God for eternity. And so for me, even my understanding of heaven was just changed by, you know, understanding God's beauty, man. Like, mm. I mean, if we didn't want people to have this yeah. joy that we have, then why would anybody spread the gospel? Yeah. Because clearly it's something special if people yep. are like, you have to hear this. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's living testimony. Yeah. So, Boom. We should have that be our theme one of these days. No. Well, that is that your that phone? Worse. What is that sound? Oh, that's just my Be-do-boo-doo. my gospel radar. You know, whenever, <laughs> whenever somebody's <laughs> preaching truth, it just goes off. So Cam is just Cam, responding man. to Cam. you, man. Like, you're just hitting them with the truth. Kill a Cam. Kill a Cam. <laughs> preaching. Hey, we don't have a ton of yeah, time yeah. left. I wish we could keep talking for a long time because this is, man, this right. is even personally encouraging to me. Mm. Um, talk to us a little bit. So now you're here teaching Bible. I heard, Devin, I don't think I've ever even asked you about this, but yeah. um, this is back when uh, Daryl DeRyder was principal. He mentioned, like, did, did you just, yeah. and maybe I, maybe I heard this wrong, you just like randomly came to our school yeah. and said, hey, I want to teach Bible yes. one day, and we Man, happened to have been The story is like insane. I've told it to a few students. So basically, uh, I was taking my Master's of Arts and Biblical Studies at GRTS, and um I think for me, I just came to realize that, man, like teaching this is like my gifts and I need to like my understanding what careers is, where am I best used? Like that's my Mm. understanding is like not where can I make the most money or where can I have the most comfortable life, but where am I best used? Mm. And it is slowly kind of became um, apparent to me that I think I'll probably be best used in the classroom. And I remember like, uh, so Brenda Van Dyke, shout out to her, was like, why don't you just then uh, go to schools and apply? Just like hand in your resume. And I'm like, all right. I'll do yeah. that. And I remember driving to Holland Christian and telling my wife, this is crazy. I told my wife, we should just turn around because they don't have a position open. Like they're not like, it's not going to be open. We should just turn around. And she was like, will it hurt to go? Just go. And Thanks, Autumn. Shout out to Autumn. <laughs> Big shout Autumn out to Scott. my wife, Autumn. If you listen to this, I love you. Um, <laughs> but she was like, just go in. And I was like, all right, fine. 
Um, and so I come in and I'm like, all right, this is not going to work. You're I'm nervous. Uh, yeah, I was nervous because like I, I want to teach, but I'm a skeptic by nature, man. Like I'm just like a mm -hmm. glass half empty kind of guy. Like, all right, you know, this is not going to happen. I call it a realist, but it's kind of pessimism sometimes. And uh, I come in and like, you know, the office ladies are just like, you know, Kelly's looking at me like, you look kind of familiar, but I'm not quite sure. And I'm like, well, you know, um, I here's my resume. I want to talk to somebody and you know, the writer basically comes out and was like, hey, you know, you can talk to me if you want. And so I literally go right and talk with him. Wow. And we talk for 45 minutes. Oh, really? I did we not know We talk for 45 minutes. My poor wife is still in the car. <laughs> in the lot. I felt <laughs> so bad. Thanks again, Autumn. <laughs> yeah, like my poor wife is in the car and we talk for 45 minutes and he ends the conversation with, you know, uh, I don't know if there's a position open that there will be next year, but, you know, we'll, we'll be in conversation. And I was like, all right, well, we'll see where that goes. And mm -hmm. Here I am. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. is awesome. Yeah. I love yep. that conversation with you and your wife. You're like, no, they're not gonna have a place open. And she's like, what harm could it do? And yep. I think that reaches out like mm -hmm. spreading the gospel. We see people and we're like, no, they don't want to hear that. They have their beliefs set. But like, what harm could it do? Give man. it a try. That is so good. And yeah. Look, you're here. Right. Like, like you're right, man. Like it's just like I, I love the way you put that because it was just such a, and it, it even shows how you need other people. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, honestly, sure. hadn't that been for my wife, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would be here, yeah. because I, I'm just such a realist. Because I was applying to other places, of course, and I'm just like, okay, like you know, like I want to be like. And part of it was like, it's Highland Christian, and my respect and just esteem for this place is just high. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, okay, this is gonna sound like false humility, but like, okay, little old me going over there to teach at Highland Christian. I went there, and it's just such a, in my mind, just like a prestigious place. Mm. Um. And then I'm like, all right, so like, yeah, like, well, they give me a shot. And, uh, you know, uh, they did. And I appreciate it. You guys did, man. And I, I just could not be more happy. I feel like I'm having the best job I've ever had in my life being here. Um, I would not trade this job for the world, man. In the interview, even. Yeah. So I, I was in the interview as a Bible teacher. Right. And I remember when you walked out after the conversation we had, I remember just thinking like, that guy, it took about two seconds to know that you are passionate mm. about this Jesus guy. And that was something for me. I thought, you know, who are the kind of people we want students to be around? I want people in this place, and I want to be a kind of person who models a love for Jesus. There's wow. a quote I heard. Oh, it's the beginning of a book. It's like a Donald Miller quote, I think, where he, he talks about he didn't like jazz music, but then he was walking down the road, and he sees some guy sitting playing a saxophone, and his eyes were closed for like five minutes or something. I'm butchering the quote, but, and then Donald says, walking really away quote. from that, I like jazz music. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to see somebody Passion. love something mm -hmm. before you can love it too. Mm -hmm. And that's you, man. I mean, you, you've encouraged me in that way too. Just, so thank you. Oh man, I appreciate it, man. Like that, that means a lot, honestly. Um, coming from you, that definitely means a lot because the respect I have for you is definitely there. Um, you and I are old discipleship buddies. Yes, yes, um, yes. That's right. <laughs> that's awesome. When I was in college, I'd sit in the back of Ray Vanderland's classroom, and Devin was in that class. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. So I and what you guys are doing with this podcast, man, this is good stuff. Thank like, you, this sir. This is some good stuff. This is a way to be a living testimony to kind of say who are the people who are in the background. So good stuff, man. Hey, mm. Mr. Scott, appreciate it so much. Mm. Okay, last thought. Who knows how long any of us will be here, but what do you want to be said about you? your impact in this place? What do you want your, your legacy to be in this place or any place you find yeah. yourself in? 
honestly, man, it's simple. Like Jesus Christ is satisfying. Like if, if that can be like, it is possible to follow Christ and be satisfied. Um, you know, I think about, uh, uh, I forget what Psalm it is, but I want to say Psalm four, it's where he says, you have put more joy in me than they have when their grain mm. and wine abound. Um, you know, if I can just think of, oh God, you're my God. Earnestly, I seek for you. My soul thirsts for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in a sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. Psalm 63. And, you know, if, the, if, if it can be said that, man, Mr. Scott taught because he was satisfied in Jesus and he just wanted people to take a drink, that, that'd be enough for me, man. Hmm. That's awesome. Amen, Mr. Scott. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. Man, thanks for having me. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's conversation with Mr. Scott. Don't forget, the purpose of this podcast is to encourage conversations with people you come across every day. So, if you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, feel free to reach out to me, or if you have any complaints, reach out to Mr. Russ. Thank you guys again so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.